0: Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. Happy Mother's Day! You're awake now! (laughs) So you probably know that I am a mother, or maybe you could guess that. It can be a little weird, like, have a mother stand up on Mother's Day and say how awesome mothers are. (laughs) But I'm going to do that today anyhow because we are kind of awesome, right? We love our kids. We love being moms. You know, I don't know about you, but I am absolutely obsessed with taking pictures of my kids. All the time, whatever we're doing, wherever we go, Thankfully, now we can do it all on our phone, so we don't have to have a camera with us. We just have our phone and pull it out and take a 1,000 pictures. If you saw how many pictures of my kids that I have in Google Photos, (laughs) it would blow your mind. Or if you're a mom, you probably have the exact same thing, right? So we have a couple pictures of my kids up here. We have a picture from, this is about a week ago. We went to Clark's Reservation, all five of us, Dan and I and the three kids. You can kind of see in this picture how gloriously happy Libby is that I'm taking another picture of them. <laughs> we we, went, we you know we were there for maybe an hour hiking through the woods, and I probably had at least 20 or 30 pictures of my kids from that day. And we have another one here. Um, this, is for, this is when we went to visit my sister in Vermont. I always have to get, oh, there's beautiful scenery. Stand there, let me take your picture. We have another one. There's Libby and Zach and Grace with my own mother who, by the way, spent the day with me yesterday, spent the night at my house last night. She came down. She drove two, two or two and a half hours with my sister to come alter Libby's prom dress for her. So she spent all day working on Libby's prom dress and said, Hey, Mom, you're spending the night tonight. I'm preaching tomorrow. Do you want to come to service? She said, "Ah, oh, no, we're just going to go home. I'll watch it later online. <laughs> So happy Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. <laughs> and uh, I think we have one more that really shows you my kids' personalities, a Christmas photo. If you know Grace, you know. This is a perfect example of her personality. So, you know, um, Google Photos, I don't know if you know this, but they have this facial recognition. So you can type in, like, You click on somebody and say, this is Zach, and then they'll show you all the pictures. So I went in, and I clicked Libby, Zach, and Grace, and it showed me all the pictures I have of the three of them together, and I have a lot. Why do I have so many pictures of my kids? (laughs) Why am I so obsessed with taking pictures of my kids? I'm not obsessed with taking pictures of you. I'm not obsessed with taking pictures of your kids, although I'm sure they're cute. They probably are. Not Probably as cute as mine, but they're probably cute, right? But I'm not obsessed with taking pictures of your kids, but of my kids, because they're my kids, and I love them. They are my dearly loved children. We're gonna to look today at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, which says this Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen? So we are dearly loved children of God. Amen? You read all through Scripture how god is our what we're dearly loved children he is our father yes all throughout scripture we read that god is our father we are his dearly loved children but did you know that there are several times in scripture where god actually compares himself to a mother and he says he loves us like a mother loves her children there are a few examples. There is one in Luke chapter 13 where Jesus says to the people of Jerusalem, he says, "How I longed to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing." It's the love of a mother, right? Hosea 13 verse 8. This is a little bit rough. God is comparing himself to a she-bear robbed of her cubs. And If you read that chapter, it's not pretty. (laughs) You, You probably have heard, don't get in between a mama bear and her cubs, right? So God compares himself to a mother bear. In Isaiah 66, he says, he promises to comfort his people as a mother comforts her children. He wants to comfort you as a mother comforts her children. And then Isaiah 49, verse 15 God says, can a mother forget her own child? But even if she does, I will never forget you. Even if your own mother, who is supposed to love you more than anybody else on this planet, even if she forgets you, God never will. You are his dearly loved child. If God had a Facebook page, your picture would be all over it. If God had Google Photos, it would be full of pictures of you because he loves you. You are his dearly loved child. Joseph Ixal wrote in his commentary on the book of Ephesians, he said, Walk in love as in an atmosphere of bright sunshine bathing your soul in a consciousness of god's love for you it is your privilege let it be your joy i don't know if you have the same feeling that i have about this time of year when you step outside and there's actually sun shining and there's actually warm air that greets you when you step outside. Do you know that feeling that I'm talking about after a long winter and a dreary, miserable spring when you finally step outside in the, mo- in the morning and oh, warm, bright sunshine, vitamin D, soak it in. <laughs> it's beautiful. It just washes over you. This is what your soul feels like. When you recognize how much God loves you, it washes over your soul like warm sunshine. You are a dearly loved child of God. Walk in the way of love. Ephesians 5.1, let's look at this again. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. That's, that's verse 1. Now, I'm going to tell you a very profound rule of biblical interpretation. Are you ready for this? When you see the word therefore in Scripture, find out what it's there for. Amen? Can you remember that? Hold on to that. Therefore, what is it there for? So you have to actually look back what came before this verse. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, actually if you follow back through the whole book of Ephesians, you see over and over again, therefore, for this reason, therefore, for, for this reason. So the whole book of Ephesians up until now builds to this point. And especially chapter 4, you know, chapters 1 through 3 talk about What Pastor Kaysen preached about last week, and that is our position in Christ. We are citizens of heaven. We are children of God because of what Christ did. That's what Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 talk about. You're citizens of heaven. You are children of God. Because of that, you have certain rights. Remember, Pastor Kaysen talked about that last week. You have rights as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You're no longer obligated to the flesh. You're no longer obligated to obey its sinful desires because Jesus died to set you free. So this is what the therefore is there for. You are free. You are a citizen. You have rights. Now, today we're going to talk about some of the responsibilities that you have as a citizen and as a child of God. It comes with rights, but it also comes with responsibilities, right? So, my kids have rights in my house. They have the right to sleep in their comfortable, warm bed. They have the right to go into the kitchen and eat the food that's in our kitchen. They have a right to come into the house whenever they want. They are our children. They have those rights. They also have a few responsibilities. Clean up after yourself. Don't trash our house, right? Be responsible. Be a responsible child, a responsible citizen. So there are rights and there are responsibilities. So what, our, what are our responsibilities? Ephesians chapter 4 talks a lot about, and also chapter 5 after this, talks a lot about what does it look like to be a citizen in the kingdom of heaven? What should your behavior be like? And if you look through, there's a whole list in chapter 4 and even in chapter 5 of all of these vices. You know what vices are? They're the bad things that you shouldn't do. So it lists all these vices like bitterness and wrath and anger and unforgiveness and lying and stealing. It lists all these things. Don't do these things. That's your old self. Take off the old self. Do these things. Put on the new self. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness. Control your anger. Instead of stealing work to earn a living, and give, right? So it's all these virtues, these things that we're supposed to, these are what we are supposed to do as a child of God, as a citizen of heaven. And um, uh, we have a quote here about this list of things. David Guzik, do we have that quote? Let's take a look at this. David Guzik says this, because we look at all these lists, it's like a moral list. Do the good things, don't do the bad things. But this is really important. This quote says, it isn't avoid these things so that you can be a saint. That's what our natural mind thinks. I'm a saint if I avoid these bad things and do these good things. No. Rather, it is you are a saint. Now live in a manner fitting for a saint because that's who you are. That's who you already are. Now act like it. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying, right? Inspired by the Holy Spirit. You are a saint. You are a child. You are a citizen of heaven. Now act like it. When a prisoner is released from prison, he or she does not keep their prison clothes on and go about their life in prison clothes anymore. They take off the prison clothes they put on the clothes of a free person. That's what Paul is talking about. Take off the old self. That's not who you are anymore. You have been set free. Put on the new self. Take off the selfishness. Put on the love. Amen. So there's a, uh, the last, very last verse in the chapter before, chapter 5 that we're looking at says this Ephesians 4 32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Christ God forgave you. And then we come to Ephesians 5, 1. Follow God's example. Your translation may say, imitate God, therefore, as dearly loved children. You are a dearly loved child of God walk in the way of love now children imitate their parents right let me ask you a question when your kids were little if you are a parent what were their favorite toys because we had we had started having kids a little later than our family members and friends we were a little bit older So we had, like, thousands of hand-me-down toys given to us. We had mountains of toys. We had a toy room that, interestingly enough, the kids never went into. Because you know what they wanted to play with? They wanted to play with our car keys and our remote control and the dishes in the kitchen they wanted to be with us. They didn't want to be in a toy room with thousands of toys. They wanted to be with us using the things that we use because that's how children grow and mature. They imitate their parents. They emulate their parents. They follow the example of their parents. Now, have you ever heard a toddler say, I want to grow up. I want to mature. So I'm going to copy what my parents do because they're grown-ups and they're mature. This is my duty as a child to copy my parents. Have you ever heard a toddler say that? Do you think a toddler ever thought that? This is my duty. I must follow in the way of my parents or I'll never learn and grow. No. Why do they do that? Because they love their parents. They adore their parents. Their parents are their heroes. These are the people that love them, that clothe them, that feed them that get up in the middle of the night with them, even when they don't want to. We really don't want to. (laughs) But we do because we love you, right? Because of that, they want to follow in their parents' footsteps. They want to emulate them. They want to copy them. You may not have had this kind of parent. You may not have had this kind of mother who puts selfishness aside And walks in the way of love you may not have had that kind of life that kind of love in your life but I'm telling you today you do now you do now because God loves you he loves you more than your own mother loves you he loves you more than your own mother ever even could you are his dearly loved child He sees you today. If you do not have parents that filled you with love, God sees you today and he loves you. If you have not been the kind of parent that you wanted to be, if you have not been the kind of parent that has filled your children with love, God sees you and he loves you. You know, you may be here as as someone who has lost children, you may be here as someone whose heart cries out to have children, and that has not happened for you. God sees you, and he loves you. You may even be here today, and you may, Mother's Day may be painful for you because in your past, you've had an abortion. And that when Mother's Day comes, it's just a reminder of that, and it may bring pain, and it may bring shame. God sees you, and God loves you. You are his dearly loved child. Listen, if you have a mother who poured love into you, celebrate her today. If you have a mother who has failed you completely, forgive her today. Walk in the way of love. We can only do that because we are so loved by God. So what does this look like to walk in the way of love? Let's look at... um, Let's look at verse 2. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Say, "Walk walk in the way of love. Walk, if you look at the word walk, especially in Scripture, this is talking about our regular, habitual conduct. The way that we treat other people on a regular basis. That's our walk, whether it's good or bad. That's how we walk, right? Walk regular, consistent, the way you treat other people. Walk in the way of love. Just as, say just as. This is an explanation, an example of what that looks like. What does it look like? To walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Christ's love is self-sacrificial. And that's the example that he gives us, and that's the responsibility that we have as children of God to walk in this self-sacrificial love. That means we put the good of others before ourselves before our own comfort before our own happiness before our own pleasure do you remember those of you who have children and maybe you're in this stage right now when they're really little you know i mean like little little when libby was maybe like 2 weeks old she she ate about every 45 minutes for the first few weeks of her life and i'm not even kidding you she would finish And 45 minutes later, she wanted to eat again. And during the day, it wasn't that bad. But at night, oh, please. She's crying again. You know, you just drift off into this beautiful sleep. You know, you go through, first you go through the trauma of childbirth. And then afterwards, you don't even get to sleep and you're, you just, you're exhausted, every cell of your being wants to sleep. You just start to drift off. Oh, you're getting into that beautiful slumberland, finally. And then that little squeaky voice comes, Mama, I'm hungry. <laughs> no. But what do you do? You get up, you throw off the covers, you run to that baby. And as soon as you see that little scrunchy face, crying out for you, you love them and you hug them and you feed them and you speak sweetly to them. You pour out and you don't say, I'm tired. Could you just go back to sleep for a few more hours? Call me in a few hours. I'll get back to you. No, you put your needs on hold for that child. And that is what the example of how God treats us. God who created everything and everything exists for him he gives the example of being self-sacrificial in other words we all exist for God and yet selfishness is not an attribute of God think about that for a second every single one of us every single thing in this entire universe exists for him And yet selfishness is not an attribute of God. I have another quote here. I like quotes. I'm sorry, I'm a teaching pastor, so you always get a lot of quotes, right? This is W.H. Aitken. This is another commentary on the book of Ephesians. He says this. Men and this, he's talking about human beings, not just male people, right? When he says men, he's talking about humankind, all of us seek for greatness in self, uh, self-assertion in pushing their own fortunes and in inva- advancing their social status. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that about us? This is how we seek for greatness. I'm going to be great. I'm going to have an amazing career. I'm going to have lots of money. People are going to know my name. People are going to be impressed by me. That is greatness. That's how we seek greatness. But... The divine secret of true greatness. Say true greatness. The divine secret of true greatness lies in self-denial and self-forgetfulness. In the willing and cheerful surrender of our own rights and comforts and pleasures for the good of others. This is why God is so great. This is one of the many reasons why God is so great. And if we want to be truly great, then we will imitate imitate God and follow his example by sacrificing our own comforts and desires and pleasures for the good of others. That's the example that God gives us. And because we we are so loved by him, we can walk in that example as well. You are a dearly loved child of God walk in the way of love this is what i this is the takeaway you are a dearly loved child of god walk in the way of love have you ever heard of something called hysterical strength this is when hysterical strength is there's like all these urban legends of uh, somebody sees their child trapped under a car and all of a sudden they get this superhuman strength, and they're able to go and lift the car off their child and save their child's life, right? So this is, I've been hearing about this my whole life, and it sounds like, kind of like urban legend, like, I don't really know if that could really happen, right? But there actually are stories of people who have experienced this kind of hysterical strength to save their child. There's a story um, of a woman named Lydia, and her last name, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled Angie U, -U. A-N-G-I-Y-O-U. This happened in Quebec about 15 years ago. Well, 2006 this happened. You can look this up, Lydia, A-N-G-U, I don't know how to say it, A-N-G-I-Y-O-U. So she was out walking with her seven-year-old son and a couple of his friends in Quebec. And all of a sudden, she looks up, and she sees a 700-pound polar bear going after her son, her 7-year-old son. So she freaked out, and she's she's thinking, I have got to save my son. I have to do something. So she just completely loses her mind and decides to get in between this 700-pound polar bear and her 7-year-old son because she is not going to sit there and watch her son die. So she gets in between the polar bear and her son, and she starts yelling and screaming. So her son and his friends, they get away, and she starts charging after this bear. Now, Lydia is described as five foot nothing and 90 pounds on a wet day. This is not a big woman, but this is a mama... Who sees her child in danger and she chooses to walk in the way of love this is my dearly loved child I am gonna walk in the way of love so she starts screaming and charging at this 700 pound polar bear so her son and his friends get away this polar bear jumps on top of her and she just starts punching and bicycle kicking this 700-pound polar bear, she fought that bear off until one of the neighbors heard her screaming, ran inside, got his shotgun, and came out and took care of the polar bear. When she was thinking back, people are asking her, what was going through your mind? She said, I just, all I could think was, I, I was crying over this in the preaching of Al, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to on Sunday. <laughs> All she could think was, "My son, my son, my son. he is going to be killed, and there's nothing I can do about it." I don't know why I get so choked up about this, my goodness. <laughs> my son, my son, my son, he is going to be killed, and there's nothing I can do about it." And she said it. I just started yelling and running. <laughs> and she said when i saw that my son was far away i felt better she felt better with a 700 pound polar bear attacking her because her son was far away and he was safe this is how god feels about you you are a dearly loved child of god and god sees sin coming after you God sees death and hell coming after you God sees defeat coming after you and he gets in between you and danger he gets in between you and the 700 pound polar bear and he stands there with the cross and he says I will sacrifice myself to protect my dearly loved child. You are his dearly loved child. Walk in the way of love. Let's take a look at one more scripture verse, this one you probably are very familiar with, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. This is describing how we should behave toward one another. This is describing how we walk in the way of love. And I want you to look at these verses and not think how your mother has failed you or your father has failed you or someone else has failed you. I want you to look at these verses and think, this is how God feels about me. This is how God behaves toward me. And this is how I want to behave towards others, reflecting my father who loves me more than a mother ever could. All right, let's look at these verses. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily, easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Are you keeping records of wrongs that you need to let go of today? Are you holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness? And it's time to let go of those things today? Have you been self-seeking? And it's time to repent and say, I want to walk in the way of love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. As parents, we're going to fail. Your parents may have failed you. Somebody else may have failed you. Everybody else may have failed you. But you are God's dearly loved child and he will never fail you. Amen? Meditate on this truth. Get it into your spirit. Because when you do, when you really recognize how much God loves you, that he sacrificed everything for you, then you're going to want to walk in the way of love. You're going to want to let go of things that people owe you. You're going to want to let go of the things that, that have hurt you, that have damaged you. You're going to want to walk in that way of love. You're going to want everybody else to experience the love that God has for you and for them. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you this morning that you have given us mothers that are a reflection of you. We thank you for the moms that loved us and we thank you for the moms that failed us because they gave us life. We thank you most of all for how much you love us and and for anybody who is watching today Anybody who is here today that does not understand how much you love them, Lord, make it clear to them today. Help us to really understand how much you love us. And help us to understand that the strength to walk in love comes from you. And the desire to walk in love comes from you. And that in order to be our authentic self, in order to be who we really are, we need to walk in the way of love like you and we thank you that we are not trying to be saints but that we are saints because of you we thank you that the the constant moral appeal of the New Testament is this be who you are in Jesus be who you are in Jesus walk in the way of of love. Lord Jesus, help us to walk in the way of love. Help us to turn away of, uh, turn away from anything that is based in selfishness and to walk in who you created us to be. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you and happy Mother's Day. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100. And somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, Text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.